0: Welcome to our study of God's word today. I want to look at Jesus last seven statements from the cross a man's dying words have to be so important for us to listen to and I think Jesus last seven statements are absolutely vital for us. They weren't made made just for the people at that period in time. I believe there's some incredible lessons that we can pick up from each of the individual seven statements. First thing that Jesus says from the cross, once they put him up there, is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Even in suffering, Jesus is focused on helping those abusing him. He's looking down at uh, at the Roman soldiers who just crucified him, gambling for his clothes, and that's the statement that he makes. In Mark chapter 15, we talked about mockery kills love. And what Mark 15 was teaching us was you need to learn to accept that they're going to mock you because of your Christianity. Do not react to it and then suffer through it. And that's the perfect example that Jesus is giving to us right here. He has not uh, reacted to the mockery. He's accepted it and he's going to suffer through it. And because he does that, he still has a love for them. You Don't lose your love for your enemies by taking it personally he says in, in mark in, in matthew five forty four. i but i say to you love your enemies pray for those who persecute you and then stephen falling on his knees when they're stoning him cried out with a loud voice lord do not hold this sin against them having said this he fell asleep so you can see how this incredible lesson that jesus had went off into was picked up by his apostles how do we deal with our enemies I think you need to realize they do not know what they are doing. And when you understand that, you can be forgiving. And you need to learn to forgive them. Incredible lesson. Lesson number one. Number two. Truly, truly, I say to you, you shall be with me. Where? In paradise. Even in suffering, Jesus is focused on saving the souls of the lost. And that's what he was doing. You have two thieves crucified beside him. Both were screaming insults and abuse at him. That's how Matthew records it. Then in Luke, a little while later, one of the thieves says, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He's had a change of heart, change of soul. So Jesus forgives him. Today you shall be with me in paradise. And they both die pretty much the same time. And they're both going down into Hades. Jesus is always watching for an opportunity, and that's how I need to be, to reach out and share Christ with others, especially with those who insult you. Because that guy was insulting Jesus, but then watching Jesus' reaction to the insults and watching Jesus' reaction to his death, he came to a deeper understanding. Very important to pick up what Jesus is trying to share with us here. His third statement was to take care of his mother. Woman, behold your son. And then to John, behold your mother. Putting the needs of others before his own. He's focused. See, you've really got to see he's not focused on that which he's suffering. He's focused on what can I accomplish from this position in my life. And that is put others' needs first. What makes us so busy in this day and age that we do not have time for others? We do not have time for members of the church. We don't have time for our friends and family. Whose needs come first, yours or others'? The lesson here that Jesus is trying to get us to think about is it's other people, and you need to think that one. Here, are his first three statements from the cross all show his compassion of other people, even when he is going through the suffering in which he's going through. Then God brought darkness on the land for three hours, and you don't hear anything from the last when he talked to John till about five minutes before three o'clock. When he dies at, at, at three, and here's his last four statements. This one's to help fulfill um, to help fulfill the prophecy. "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God didn't forsake Jesus. But why does Jesus feel this way? First Peter 2:24, He himself bore our sins in his body. On the cross so that we might die to sin and live in righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Jesus took our sins upon his body on the cross. In Isaiah it says he was pierced through for our transgressions. Crushed for our iniquity. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. But the Lord caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him. That's why he has this feeling of being forsaken by God. He died the death we deserved, a death outside of the presence of God. The fear he had in the garden the night before wasn't the fear of the physical death he was about to suffer. It was the fact that he was going to die alone and not because God had forsaken him. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. The Lord's hand is not so short it cannot save. His ear so dull it cannot hear. But your inequities have made a separation between you and God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. It's our sins that create a wall. Realize this. Anyone not baptized into Christ who has got their sins forgiven. Anyone not in Christ who stays faithful to the end will be forsaken, will die forsaken by God. That's the death that that awaits people who continue to wallow in their sins. So you got to understand that Jesus died that so we wouldn't have to. What mo- motivates you to reach out and to teach the lost? Because if you don't touch them with the gospel, that's what's going to happen. They're going to experience what Jesus went through. But because we're Christians, we have our sins forgiven, we're not going to experience that which Jesus suffered through the loneliness because he took on our sins. Number five, I thirst. Dipsao. That's all he said. Dipsao. That's the Greek. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, to fulfill the scriptures said, I am thirsty. Psalm 22 and Psalm 69 get fulfilled when Jesus makes this statement. But the the lesson I think we need to pick up here is that it's totally important to be what understood. You see, in, in Mark, it says, when, when some of the bystanders heard him say this, they began saying, behold, he's calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it to a reed and gave it to him to drink. Let's see whether Elijah will come and take him down. See, His mouth was so dry. He's been up on the cross for six hours that when he made that first statement, my God, my God, they misunderstood what he was saying. We, of course, get the truth. So to make sure that we catch his next statement, he says, I'm thirsty. And they get him a drink to clear his mouth so he can make the last and final statement. In 1 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9, Paul says, If the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be made, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. When you speak, you have to speak the word of God. You have to be clear in the things in which you're saying. You've really got to focus on these things. And I think that's the lesson that Jesus is trying to get through to us. His next statement was important to be heard clearly, as is all his statements. But so are our statements. To be clear, as it were, the oracles of God, which is what Peter's teaching us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. Be distinct in the words that you use with other people because you're speaking the oracles of God. Number six, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. Psalm 31, verse 5, being fulfilled right there. In Acts chapter 759, they went on stoning Stephen, and he called on the Lord, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Again, Stephen understands the things that Jesus was teaching. It's important to Jesus that we heard this, that we understand he totally laid his life down into the Father's hands. And I believe it's important for our friends to hear this from us. That our spirit is committed to the Father's care. If you share nothing else about your life, about who you are, about Christ, with anyone else, I think it's this statement here. That it's your spirit is laid in God's hands. And that's how you feel your life is. I don't think it's a statement that you can you need to make at the end of your life. I think it's a statement you may need to make during your life. That you are who you are because your life is in God's hands. And that's in a very important statement. And finally, this one. Telestai. That's it. That's all he says. It's finished. But this is such a valuable lesson right here. In in, in Matthew 5, 17, do not think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. Jesus had a purpose. He came to fulfill the Old Testament. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that he might that the world might be saved through him that was the work that Jesus came to do is to save us to leave the message so the salvation road is wide open we are finished when we die but the question to ask what did you start if you're a Christian today how can you finish if you don't know what you started how can you finish if you don't know what your purpose here on the world is When Jesus said finished, he was completed. He knew what he came to accomplish. But what about us? I think if you turn to Romans chapter 12, 6 to 8, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, merciful. You need to find which of these seven is, is your gift and then put that gift into action. That's what God has blessed you with, one of these seven gifts find out which one. Don't sit back, G- get active. And then remember Matthew 28:19:20, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of. We're to go out and to stir interest in the people around us about how exciting the Bible is. Make disciples. If people aren't interested, move on. You haven't failed. It's your mission to try. That's what we need to understand. I mean, it will be really nice one day That our last words are going to be, it's finished. I've run the race. I fought the good fight. And then to hear from Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. But how can I say it's finished if I don't know what I've started? An amazing statement coming from Jesus at the end of his life. Here's the last seven statements that Christ makes to us. We need to find the, the application to our own personal lives. Actually, I, I need to memorize. I've, I've been a minister, what, 24, 25 years, and I've never memorized the last seven statements of Jesus, the last words that he, 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 he said while he was on earth. I think they're rather important, and I think they're very applicable to my life, and I think they're applicable to yours. Thanks for watching.